Lord Jesus, there is only just uh, your word that matters this morning. Lord, nothing I can say in and of myself makes any difference. So I, I pray for your word this morning. Just an upbuilding word for these saints here today, Lord. So much that we can say, I pray even now for division of soul and spirit. And I ask, Father, that you would just breathe on your word here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Just for a few moments here, before we finish up today, we're on our fourth week of a focus on body life. We talked about uh, about a month recap here. We've, we've been talking about this, and I'll go into some more detail uh, maybe next week on what we've covered each week. But this is the fourth week. Last week, we met in the Acts 2.42 meetings in homes, and we talked about the Romans 12 motivational gifts and the 1 Corinthians 12 manifestational gifts and kind of what it means. Who, who are you in the body of Christ? What does your gift mix look like? So I wanted to follow up with that today. I've been really meditating on the power that the Lord has given us as his people, the church, that's often taken away from us in terms of our thinking. We, we often forget about who we are, and I just want to draw our minds back to that, if we could, today. So the title of my word that I had that I wrote down yesterday was the mind-bending, world-shaping, culture-changing, authoritative, unlimited power of the church, that, that we are actually a part of something great, that we were giving ourselves to something great called the living church of Jesus Christ. We, we have been given all authority and power in Christ Jesus, and yet we as the church are tempted to think that we're impotent, that we don't have power and authority, that we get kicked around on the planet. So go back with me, if you would, just for a moment. Just remember this. Adam was in the garden doing his work, but no suitable helper could be found for him. There was no one among all the creatures that were made that shared his attributes. No one among all the creatures shared his likenesses or loved what he loved. No one shared his, his qualities. And so... Because none of the other animals had his nature, the Lord laid Adam down into a deep sleep. And you remember from his wounded side, he drew out a part of his body, that rib. And from that rib, he created this one like him, this suitable helper, this woman who had the loves that he loved, who had the passions that he had, the same visions and goals and dreams that he had. She was actually made like him in his nature. And this woman had an organic union with this man, Adam, in the garden. Adam was then resurrected back out of this deep sleep. And then he ruled and reigned with her in the garden. Paul tells us in Ephesians 5 that I'm talking about a man and a woman and a marriage relationship here on earth, but really I'm speaking to a mystery that's deep. And what am I talking about? He says, Christ and the church. Because the first Adam was named Adam. The second Adam was named who? Yes, he was. The last Adam, the second man, was named Jesus. 
And so he was looking for a helper on the planet, but the, the people on the earth did not have his nature. They didn't care about what he cared about. They didn't love what he loved. They had a sin nature. And so no suitable helper could be found here on earth. And so what God did was he laid Christ down into a deep sleep in the grave. And then from his wounded side, he actually took bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. And he created this thing called the church, this beautiful bride. And so then as part of him, remember Jesus says, this is my body, my, take this, this is my blood, drink this. We're actually made from him. He makes a suitable helper for him on the planet with his same nature. Let us make man in our image. And that was redeemed with the church. We actually have God's nature and God's mind inside of us now. And then God raised Christ up from this deep sleep and resurrection. And now the church and Christ, like Adam and Eve, Christ and the church rule and reign here. And so we are coming into a reign with Christ where there will be no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more suffering, no more death. We will reign forever with him. But did you remember or don't you know that that reign has begun right now? Our reign with Christ Jesus as his bride has already begun. It actually started 2,000 years ago when he poured out the spirit on the church. Because we were identified with him in his death, in his, in his crucifixion. We were identified with him. We were in the grave with him. And we were co-raised with him. And then Ephesians chapter 2 actually says that we were lifted up. After being made alive, we were raised together with him. And we were seated on the throne with Christ Jesus, where we are right now. We as the church are seated with Christ on his throne, which means that our rule has already begun. Somebody tell me, why didn't God just wipe Satan off the planet right then and there after he defeated him on the cross? Why? Why didn't he, why didn't he just make it completely over and done with there? Why did he leave this group of people, the called out ones, the ecclesia called the church on the planet? Well, I contend that it's because we're on the job training right now. We're learning to rule and reign with him right now. We're practicing right now. Why did all of the enemies not get driven out of the land when Israel went in to take Canaan? And we've talked about this before. It's so that the Lord could teach them warfare. The Israelites who knew no warfare, he left enemies there so they could learn to fight, to take their authority. The land was already theirs, but they had to go take possession of it. So all that we have on this earth has been given to, all that's on the earth has been given to us to rule and reign over. All things are under our feet. Why? Because we're so special and self-disciplined and character is just excellent? No, it's because we're in Christ Jesus and all things are under his feet. All of the authority in heaven and earth has been given to Christ Jesus. And likewise, we as co-rulers with him, it's been given to us. And I just think we forget that. I think we forget the immense power, the, the keys, as Sam says, to the nuclear code, the, 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 the badge that we wear on a regular basis. I think that we're tempted to forget who we are. And so we get this, 
this, this truth in Romans 8, 17 that says we're co-heirs with Christ, but then Monday morning or Tuesday morning hits us, and all of a sudden we start to revert back to some old ways of thinking, that we are who we've been acting like instead of we are who we've been made to be in Christ Jesus. Anybody ever been there with me before? And so because of that, we get this clobbering of condemnation that comes on us. And the condemnation actually makes us powerless. I was meeting with a guy earlier this week who was struggling with some sins that he had committed 20 and 30 years ago. And he's still reminded about those sins on a regular basis. And he said, and I still mess up in this area because I'm just, I, I just really, I know that Christ paid for my sins, but I'm just, I, I just feel like it's a cloud of condemnation. And I said, well, that's why you're messing up. Because condemnation is powerlessness, is what that word really means. You're powerless to stop your sinning when you're in condemnation. That's why there's freedom in Christ Jesus. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But actually, condemnation breeds more condemnation because condemnation breeds more sinning. It takes away the power we have to stand against the sin. The woman who was caught in adultery, Jesus looked at her and said, where are your accusers? And she says, they're gone. And he says, neither do I condemn you. And then what? Go now and sin no more. You've got the power to stop sinning because why? The power, the, the, the cloud of condemnation has been lifted off of you. That's really the key. That's really it. Like if we have, we have complete power to stop sinning. No addiction, nothing's come against us. No despair, nothing is coming against you that Jesus Christ didn't pay for on the cross and that you don't have authority over. But in condemnation, you can't get through that or over that thing because it just clobbers you. So don't you know all that the church has, Christ has. Don't you know that we will someday judge angels, Paul says. Don't you know that someday we're going to rule the world with Christ Jesus? Don't you know who you are? It's a mind-bending truth of all the authority we've been given in Christ Jesus. We are tempted to forget that the shackles have been broken. And Lizzie gave a word to a brother this week. The shackles have been broken. All you need to do is drop the shackles. Sometimes we're holding broken shackles in our hand because we think that they identify us when really they don't. They don't anymore. We have to drop them. So the enemy comes in and he bluffs us. He brings fear, false evidence appearing real, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real, and he bluffs and he howls and he yells at us. This is who you're always going to be and you're never going to change. He threatens us and he oppresses us and we forget that it's actually the enemy who's subject to us. The enemy is actually subject to us. So our lapse into our old ways of thinking and believing create this cycle of fear and defeat and failure. And there's so much more for us. We have to see ourselves as we are, not as we used to be. And that's the key for why we meet together. Why do we do church together? Why body life? Why not give up the habit of meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, Hebrews 10 says. Why do we not give up meeting together, Hebrews 10? Some are in the habit of stopping that. Why do we meet together? Why do we show up at house churches? Why do we show up here? Why do we show up on one-on-ones? To encourage one another. 
every single day to spur one another on to love and good deeds, to constantly remind ourselves of the truth that we are seated with Christ above all of our enemies. We have got all the power in heaven and on earth because we're in Christ Jesus. The church has the authority over this city. It's been said that history is the handmaiden of the church. Every nation raised up, every leader raised up, every community, every people group is orbiting around the church. You ever thought about that? Who knows a lot about the senators in Rome? Who knows a lot about the, the, the empires, the Grecian empire? In the, the church is the constant thread. It's the line that's gone through history. Everything, believe it or not, that's happening around us politically right now, social, economically, everything that's happening in the nation's worth, it's because of the church right now. Everything in history orbits around what God is doing through his church. Just think about that, if you would, for how this affects your life. How does this affect how you think about your community, your family, your circumstances? We are in Christ Jesus. Therefore, we are beloved. We are children of the King. We are the apple of his eye. We are part of the body of Christ. We have his righteousness. We've been set free in Jesus' name. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. He's taken our sin and he's actually buried it in the depths of the sea and he remembers it no more. We are his masterpiece created for good works. So your portion in this life is abundant life, freedom, power, peace, and rest. Anything less is from the enemy. I've got so much more I want to say, but I want Let me pray here, guys. Lord, we thank you for this day. I thank you, Father, for your word, your, the attributes, Lord. I thank you for this morning that we've had to worship together, to pray over Austin Hill, Lord, and a blessing over his week this week. I thank you, Father, for the, those who are on mission right now, God. We're asking for Stuart and team down in Haiti and protection for them, God. I pray that the church would be raised up to be all that she is in Christ Jesus, Lord, no less than she was made to be. I pray that you would remind us, Lord, remind us of our place, remind us of our authority, God. Lord, I just commission these people to do the good works that you've prepared in advance for them to do. I commission them, Lord, to pray in power, Lord. I pray a lifting off of condemnation from their heads, God. I pray, Father, for a release of the joy of the Spirit. And I pray that you would do, as I said earlier, do a new thing here in El Dorado, Lord. Raise your church up, revive your church, God. We ask all of this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Bless you guys. Have a good week. Thank you for coming.